Hello and welcome to the Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray and I'm Deputy Editor of The Spectator. I'm joined today again by Jacob Halbrun, who is Editor of The National Interest and a regular contributor to the Americano podcast. And we're going to be talking about the latest twist in the Trump-Russia saga. Jacob, um, NBC News is reporting that Donald Trump Jr. somehow forgot to mention that a former Soviet counterintelligence officer was also present at, as you put it, his powwow in June 2017 with the Russian lawyer Natalia Velinstyanka. Earlier in the week, you wrote a blog for us saying that the sort of these Donald Trump Jr. revelations were finally the smoking gun that Trump's critics were looking for. And a few others, uh, myself included, thought that perhaps the evidence wasn't quite as damning as you thought. This appears to show that you were more right than I was. Well, you could still construct. Uh, I, I mean, you could construct a defense of, of your views. Still, you could say that it's. Uh, unclear what the import of his being there was and and so forth. But I do think it points to the drip drip nature of this. My own view had been that, you know, given his Russia ties, that Trump probably was engaging in some kind of money laundering over the past decades or that the Russians bailed him out financially when, when he went bust. I wasn't convinced that there was actual collusion. And this meeting shows that there were, or this meeting suggests that there was intent for collusion. It doesn't actually show that it occurred. But but what worries me about all of this is it has the feeling of, of previous scandals where it just gets worse and worse all the time. And you can artfully construct defenses of Trump, and some people on Fox News try to do that. But others, as I wrote in the piece for you, such as Charles Krauthammer, who said all along he'd been very dubious that there was any collusion, that there were just a lot of coincidences that didn't necessarily amount to anything. He said, well, now, no, we now know that the Trump campaign was consistently lying about an absence of of contacts with Russians. That official defense is now null and void. So I do think as this goes on, uh, more and more mainstream conservatives will probably feel impelled to distance themselves, if not repudiate Trump. But you think that, that sort of if your best defense is that Donald Trump Jr. is a bit of a fool who got mixed up in something that he really should have known better than to get mixed up in, the whole Trump campaign, the whole Trump administration is on weak ground. That's what you're saying. Right. I call that the uh, Donald Trump Jr. is a doofus defense. Yeah. yeah. But the question is, uh, he may have behaved stupidly, but his in, his intent the the moral question of trying to uh, in with delirious delight cooperate with the Kremlin, mm. as Krauthammer points out, whether or not it had amounted to anything is almost is in some ways beside the point. It's worse if something actually happened. But what Trump did was bad enough. And then you have the consistent lies about it, because clearly people in the Trump administration did know that this was a problem. Yeah. And now Vice President 
Mike Pence's spokesman three times the other day refused to say whether or not Pence had met with Russian nationals. Right. But the biggest bomb, potential bombshell, is that McClatchy newspapers, which covered itself with glory during the Iraq war, they were the one newspaper to say that this claims of WMD are bogus and cooked Mm. up by the Bush administration. They ran a powerful story just the other day saying that federal investigators are looking closely at whether Jared Kushner, who is directing the Trump campaign's cyber efforts, was in fact coordinating and telling the Russians where to attack to affect the election results. Now, if that's true, then this is like the equivalent, the political equivalent of Chernobyl in the United States. Yes. And well, because that would rather paid to the theory that Jared Kushner actually leaked these Donald Trump Jr. emails himself. It's hard to know. I mean, some people think it could be Paul Manafort, who is briefly Trump's campaign manager and obviously has extensive connections in Ukraine and Russia. Yes. Others thought that, well, maybe Jared Kushner threw his brother-in-law under the bus in the mistaken notion that this would distract attention from his own activities. You know, it could well be that Donald Trump Jr.'s activities are just a sideshow, that they are a window into much greater efforts that were undertaken by other members of the campaign. Or it could just be the case that Donald Trump Jr. had these rather strange meetings with, in fact, not tremendously relevant Russian people, not tremendously influential people in the Russian government, and that it doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, that's still... Feasible, Certainly it? possible. Certainly possible. I'm I'm I'll always try to keep an open mind on this thing when people, you know, all along people, people have been making these defenses of Trump. And my question has been, how do you know? Yeah. Now, at the same time, you're quite right. We shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. Um, yeah. And I do believe that given what appears to be the ineptitude of the people around Trump, that it probably won't be that difficult for the investigators to find out what actually happened. Yes. Because we're not talk- it does not appear that we are talking about the most sophisticated people. Yes. So what's the, as far as Team Trump is concerned, what's the least damaging outcome, likely outcome now? You think that Donald Trump Jr. could be arrested and even imprisoned? Is that that's quite on the cards now? I don't know. I mean, you know, this is still early in the scandal. One of the interesting things that one of the attacks the Trump defenders kept saying, well, is that nothing has been proven. I mm. never found that convincing because it was just too early. Now we know that there was, in fact, intent to the or an expressed intent by Donald Trump Jr., an eagerness to work with the Kremlin. Mm. Now, that's enough. Whether that's, you know, a crime is is un, appears to be unlikely. It's just colossally bad judgment. Yeah. But but again, we are at a point. What's interesting about this is that it, these leaks didn't come from the FBI or anywhere else. They came directly from the Trump White House. So you have balkanized factions in this White House at war with each other. And the more that they leak, the more paranoid people become. There is a story today that in Politico that Jared Kushner was pushing White House press office to defend Donald Trump Jr. vigorously. Mm. Now, people in the White House resisted this. And one of the reasons is they want to keep their distance from all of this. 
the more that the average staffer gets, you know, entangled in this, the more problems for them. Press spokesecretary Sean Spicer, for example, someone said he doesn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay for legal bills. Mm. I mean, this is one of the nightmares of getting caught up in a scandal like this. It yes. isn't just your reputation get, get trashed, but that you can be bankrupted. You say at the end of your latest post for us that, you know, this will make a Watergate look like what Nixon called it, a, a third rate burglary. Well, it was Nixon's press secretary. Nixon's press secretary. Yeah. I, I wonder. I did say if and might. I didn't say that it was. Yeah. But I wonder just the atmosphere in America now, because it's often sort of talked of the, the Russia thing is an elite obsession and that most Americans don't really care about it that much. Is that changing? Are we starting to see real sort of sense of outrage among average Americans? Uh, I don't see enormous outrage. Um, Now, the question is, the Trump's base, the 20 to 30 percent, is not interested in Russia. What they are interested in is jobs. And so far, there is no sign that Trump is delivering on his campaign promises, the the wall jobs. I think what the payback, if it comes, would be in the form of anger that he allowed, he himself is obsessed with this Russia uh, investigation, that he allowed himself in some degree to become consumed by it as well. But Frank Rich has a good column in the New New York Magazine pointing out that Nixon's base never really deserted him. It's only when the evidence becomes bad enough and that the mainstream conservatives and that House conservatives and Senate conservatives decide that their electoral prospects in 2018 are imperiled that, yes. they might, that they might turn on Trump. We're certainly not at that point yet. Right now, someone compared it to passengers on an airplane careening towards the earth and they stick their he- head between their legs. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose as Trump said last year, you know, I could go out and shoot somebody and people would still love me. You know, that, I think that's probably true of his base. You know, it doesn't matter what he is seen to do or has done. He will always be heroic in their eyes. That's right. And in fact, this Russia investigation might intensify that kind of loyalty mm. that Trump is, in fact, a victim and a martyr, uh, that uh, the the fake news media establishment has ganged up with the deep state to bring down an honorable man, mm. that anyone who tries to fundamentally change the American system will be uh, expelled in what amounts to a liberal coup against a legitimately elected Republican president. Yeah. Well, Jacob, I'm sure this will develop more, and I hope you'll talk with us about it again soon. Thank you, Freddie. All the best. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anytime on iTunes, so please do, and have a very nice weekend. (laughs) 